Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning into the Nun Report. And wow, what a packed weekend it was. So much was going on. I was busy, man. I was out of town. I was. Uh, had a couple of shows with my band. We were down in uh, Vancouver, Washington. We were in Portland, Oregon. Both were great. Full electric one night, acoustic the other. It's my outlet. It's uh, something I love to do. And um, it's a lot of fun. It uh, get, gets my creative side out on that end of things without uh, without any pressure, without... Uh, Gets me out of politics for a little while, man. I enjoy my music. So that's what I was up to all weekend long. It was a road trip with the guys and uh, stayed in a great house. Had uh, great venues to play in with great owners and hosts. And uh, so that's what I was up to all weekend. Although I was keeping touch on what was going on and there was a lot to keep up on. So we're going to try to get to it all today. I don't know that we will, but I'm certainly going to try. First of all, I'd like to start by, you know, well, I mean, well, we have... Joe Biden's birthday, all right? He's 81 years old, so uh, congratulations for uh, for that, I guess. I mean, that's, that's exceeded the, the uh, average lifespan. Major news out of Argentina, where they have elected a libertarian and a very a strong supporter of Trump. And what he's what he did in the United States when he was here, um, this guy is a real firebrand down there. He's... Uh, <laughs> Some people might say he's even kind of crazy. And it's certainly the left-wingers and the socialists and the communists of the world are saying that he's a right-wing radical, just like Trump. We'll take a look at that. We have, uh, of course, the J6 tapes, more of the J6 footage, thanks to uh, Mike Johnson, has started to come out. We're going to look at that. And we're going to, to see the side. This is why they didn't release the tapes. This is why they didn't release the footage, because it shows a completely different story. It shows police officers firing canisters and rubber bullets into peaceful, unarmed protesters before they ever even entered the Capitol. It shows them murdering Ashley Babbitt, the only person to actually die on January 6th, shot by a Capitol police officer in the neck. And, uh, we have another angle of that now, and I'm going to show that. And, you know, of course, the police are escorting and opening doors and escorting people that are walking peacefully through the halls of the Capitol. Some of those people are in prison. Some of those people killed themselves because they were going to be tried as terrorists, enhanced terrorism charges after making plea deals. And so we'll look at that. Uh, the Biden economy, man, I, I do, I am going to, Hang around, though, because when I get into Argentina, I've got a lot to say about that. The Biden economy and his approval rating, I mean, it's just in the toilet. We're going to look at that a little bit. Um, you know, we have a representative came out and said some uh, pretty crazy things about Trump up to and including that he should be eliminated, that under no circumstances should he ever be able to hold policy or, or public office again, and that he should be eliminated. That sounds like a threat to me. It sounds like, see, this is what these extreme commie Democrats do, right? That's why they're extreme and they're communists. And when you put those two together, you've got a real problem. They would like to, they would like to see Trump dead, I believe. They would, oh, and by the way, all his supporters too. They would round us up and put us in re-education camps if they could. Think I'm, think I'm exaggerating? Think that that's uh, not out of the realm of possibility? You don't think they would do it if they could? I guarantee you they would. And uh, anyway, happy birthday to to Joe Biden. And uh, the crusty old fuck has made it this far. And it's sad that he is an empty suit, that he is Swiss cheese for brains, and that he is a puppet. 
leading, well, he's the puppet of the, still the greatest nation on earth. So let's go back and take a look, look at some of his highlights here since since he's been in office because they're they're wonderful. I mean, the guy is a genius. Check it out. I uh, um, anyway, the best way to get something done if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway from from. Uh, uh, Char, excuse me, from Charlotte, one, uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa. Of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Joan, Shengang, I'm going to pronounce her, Shanga, 159000000000 billion let. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, put the idea that um, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons: one, to <laughs> we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is. Let uh, me um, say it another way. But the nature. Not a solid meeting with, um, with. Good Lord, man. This guy, it does. he has no business in the White House. They say Trump shouldn't be anywhere near the White House. Good grief. They've got Swiss cheese for brains puppet man up there. <sighs> weekend at the Bidens, weekend at Bernie's. Remember that one? And that's kind of what it is. So here's, here's a little more, a few more recent things with him. Man, this guy, it's sad to see. And, and what, in, in, I've got mixed feelings on it. I mean, I, I think the guy is really being taken advantage. Yes, I think he's an extreme commie Democrat. Yes, I think he hates everything that has to do that he doesn't agree with and that has to do with the conservative movement. Having said that, you know, he used to kind of have his wits about him. And the and the left will say, oh, man, he's always stuttered. He, How dare you make fun of a man because he stutters? This is not stuttering. This is his mind stuttering. Okay? Big difference between vocal stuttering and your mind stuttering going blank all the time, all the time. And uh, a little more recently, we had this. Looks like he has a bathroom emergency there. This was, uh, that was during the turkey pardoning ceremony, and he just immediately runs out. He had a bathroom emergency, it looks like. I don't know if Joel forgot to put his diaper on or what was going on there, but you can see everybody following him. Just pick the nose. Point at the ground. Where am I? Where where am I? I don't know where I am. Uh, well, I guess I'll just stand here. Huh? The President of the United States. Oh, excuse me, I have to go talk. Yeah, that's right. I forget. I was gonna go give a Sorry speech. To keep you waiting. <laughs> and I don't know why my videos are clipping off like that at the, when they're done. That's uh, again uh, new software, new hardware here that I'm that I'm working with, trying to get everything figured out. So, uh, so there was just the guy is not there. He's not. 
I got one more. Oh, that's the same one I just... Let's go here. And I love your ears. More child stuff. really cool. What's your name? Catherine. Catherine, what a beautiful name. That's my mommy's name. Well, nice to see. How old are you, 17? Six. Six? How old are you, 17? I love your ears. And then he, he got close enough. I bet he got a good whiff. A little bit of a sniff there with her. I bet he did. But he loves children. Just ask him yourself. And by the way, I like kids better than people. I wish I could stay and watch Wonka with you. But I'm not going to get to do that. Man. He, uh, he likes kids better than people, so kids aren't people. I think he, he meant adults, obviously. And um, it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot you can say about that. And then they wonder why his poll numbers are in the toilet. And they'll still try to tell you that the economy is great when it's not. I mean, we're living it. We're living it. So, I, I want to... Hold on here a second. Before I go there, I, I want to give this kid a little introduction. Um, this is a freshman in high school. He was part of a large debate, a well-known debate, and he argued for a secure border and legal immigration versus illegal immigration. And I want you to listen to what he has to say, because things like this, when, when I hear kids like this talk, it really gives me hope for the future of America. It's not all doom and gloom, people. Right now, in the moment, yeah, it's pretty ugly. It's pretty bad. There's no doubt about it. But when you hear kids like this, and I've, I've interviewed people from, you know, young Republican chapters and, you know, younger uh, influencers and podcasters out there, and every time I have them on, I think, oh, what a breath of fresh air. There is hope. We can um, we can do this, and, and, it, and it can turn around. It's going to take some time. It's going to take people like Vivek Ramaswamy. It's going to take reaching that younger demographic of voters and teaching them what they don't know because the problem is they don't know what they don't know. That's why, that's why a lot of them are so lost. So anyway, uh, check this kid out. I don't hate illegal immigrants. I don't believe my dream is worth more than theirs. But here's what I do believe. We should put our American citizens first. Do I believe that illegal immigrants are more worthy than the veterans in New York City that have been kicked out of shelters to make room for migrants? No, I do not. Do I believe that illegal immigrants are more important than the mother in El Paso, Texas who was forced to drive five hours because the hospital couldn't give birth to her because the illegal immigrants completely filled the hospital to its capacity? No, I don't. I believe that we are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of legal immigrants. Let us not forget that in any policy, but especially in immigration, the American people, you and I, absolutely come first. We need to secure our safety and prosperity before we can start to worry about the prosperity of nationals that are not under our control. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's the thing, right? This, look, we're not... 
we're not heartless, but we do need to put America first. To a very large extent, we have issues here. Before we go worrying about millions, 8 million now that Biden has let in, before we go worrying about their well-being, how about we worry about Americans' well-being, right? And um, it, it needs to be there. That, need, that needs to happen. That needs to happen. And that kid spoke it well. He said, America first. Americans do need to come first. I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, let's move on to uh, Javier Malay, who has won the presidency of Argentina in a runoff election, and not by just a little bit, by what would be called a landslide, over 10 points. It was just over 10 points. And this is uh, that's a huge win. Now, keep in mind, this is a country used to be, used to be one of the, the greatest, most wealthiest countries in South America along with Venezuela, and then the socialists came in and they started grabbing more and more power, just as they are trying to do in the United States, more and more government programs, more and more spending of money that they do not have, hyperinflation, 140% inflation. You think that, you thought 9% was bad here, and it is, it's horrible, and it's still bad, it's around 4%, still horrible, twice what they want it to be. But they're going to tell you the economy's doing great. Household incomes are up and everybody's getting richer because of Biden. But we all know that's not true. So, what happened? Well, as Dan Mangino likes to say, they finally had enough. The people of Argentina had enough. And it's amazing, really, to think of how horrible their country is, how long it took, how poor they are, how worthless their pesos are because of inflation. The unemployment rate through the roof. It's amazing that 45% of the voters still voted down there in Argentina. And by the way, they have mandatory, mandatory for those that are born there between the ages of 16 and 70, they are required to vote. It's not optional. And there are pros and cons to that. You could probably do a whole show in that all in, you know, in and of itself. Because there are pros and cons to it. And it almost seems like anti-democratic when you require everybody to vote instead of voluntarily participating in the process. But the point is, everybody votes. Non-nationals who who immigrate there from the age of 18 to 70 are also required to participate in their national elections. So that's something they do a little bit different there. I don't know if they require ID to vote. I think that the fact that they... They go through and call their voter rolls twice a year. And so they get the dead people off, in essence. You know, something we don't do here. And with the mandatory registration and and requirement to vote, the compulsory voting, I think that kind of takes care of the need for an ID. Because everyone's going to vote anyway. And they go through the voter rolls. And apparently they, they did it honestly. Because, I mean, a conservative got in and he got in in a massive landslide. And he's a He's a libertarian. So, you know, he, a lot of the same ideas as, as the conservative Republicans, although a little bit different and a little more, uh, a lot of the same goals, just a different way to get there, I think, is what, how I would describe the difference. I, I have libertarian friends and, uh, and I love them. So without further ado, uh, Javier Millet, and for those just listening on the podcast channel or audio somewhere, uh, you know, I apologize for this. I, don't speak Spanish. I, I wasn't able to uh, to translate this. I don't have a production staff 
So it does have closed captioning though. So if you're watching, you can see that. If you're not watching, if you're just listening, I apologize. Maybe go check out the video later on. Anyway, check them out. Al zurdo de mierda no le podés dar ni un pero, milímetro. Pero me puede definir zurdo de mierda que no Todos lo los que, digamos, los colectivistas, <laughs> los que ponen, digamos, o sea, esa idea. A ver, ¿Qué, ¿qué le pones de mierda? So he, what he's doing is he's calling liberals shit. And the reporter is saying, uh, why do you call them shit? And he says, because they are shit. Porque son una mierda. O sea, pero si, clas... no, pero, ese, pero es que si pensás descalificar... distinto te van a aniquilar. Ese es el punto. Es decir, vos al zurdo no le podés dar un milímetro, porque le das un milímetro y lo tomas para destrozarte. Es decir, usa Dios. O sea, vos no podés negociar con el zurdo. No se negocia. No se negocia con esa mierda, no se negocia porque te van a llevar puesto. Si tienen un golpeador que caga trompadas a la mujer, digamos, si es de ellos, ¿entendés? Se pone el, el pañuelito verde y grita todo el tiempo contra el neoliberalismo, lo ocultan. ¿Me entendés? O sea, si de repente hay alguien que acosó a otra, a una periodista que acosa a otra periodista, lo ocultan. Es decir, a todos los de ellos lo ocultan. Todas esas aberraciones la ocultan. Ahora, si vos estás del otro lado, a vos te van a estropear. Te van a matar. Te van a matar con lo que sea. No les importa arruinarte la vida. ¿Por qué? Porque no pensás como ellos. ¿Y sabes qué es lo bueno de todo esto? Hay algo bueno de todo esto. Porque como el error es humano, como todos nos podemos equivocar, ¿sabes qué nos obligan? Nos obligan a ser mejores. Y como estamos siendo tan mejores. Yeah, so he's saying that these, these leftists, they will ruin you. They will come after you. They will destroy you. And so basically the same thing as we have going on here, right? Where you have the, the extreme radicals left has gone so far left that it's not enough to just win and beat you. They want to destroy you. They're doing it with the J6 protesters. They're doing it with Donald Trump going after a political opposition. They have turned and weaponized the Justice Department and the judicial system of this country to go after their political opponents and the supporters of their political opponents. You okay with that? I'm not. Apparently Argentina wasn't either. So there you go. Man, I love seeing that. This is all fired up. And then one more clip of them. Check it out. Oh, oh, first, yeah, before that. So we had, of course, after he won, all of a sudden, does it, does it sound familiar? Argentina's threat to democracy feels like a preview for America's. Of course, as soon as he wins, as soon as the people voted him in and spoke, then the leftists, the communists, have to come out and say that he's a threat to democracy. Same thing they say about Trump here. And, you know, they're projecting. They're, they're just whatever they accuse others of doing is what they themselves are doing or are. The Washington Post loved their headline. And what would you expect, man? This is a rag that isn't worthy of even being toilet paper. Argentina set for sharp right turn as Trump-like radical wins presidency. Oh, he's a Trump-right radical. Okay. A radical libertarian and admirer of Donald Trump. Oh, no, he's, he's an admirer of Donald Trump. 
rode a wave of voter rage to win Argentina's presidency on Sunday, crushing the political establishment and bringing the sharpest turn to the right in four decades of democracy in the country. They they call what they had democracy. Well, I guess if they voted for it, it is. They destroyed the country. They destroyed the economy. They destroyed the people until the people had enough. In his first speech as president-elect, Mele told Argentines that the model of decadence has reached its end. There is no turning back. Enough of the impoverishing power of the caste, he said. Today, we once again embrace the model of liberty to once again become a world power. His supporters joined him in shouting, Long live freedom, damn it. Long live freedom, damn it. That's great, right? Um, and then one one more thing from him. Now this is a great. This was a great rant, uh, and and I want you to check it out again. I'm sorry if you're not if you're just listening to the audio and you're not able to see the video. Check it out later because this is definitely worth the watch. Man. Ministerio de Obras Públicas, afuera, aunque te resistas. Ministerio de Ciencia y Tecnología e Innovación, afuera. Ministerio de Trabajo, Empleo y Seguridad Social, afuera. Ministerio de Educación, Adoctrinamiento, afuera. Ministerio de Transporte, afuera. Ministerio de Salud, afuera. Ministerio de Desarrollo Social, afuera. Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! <laughs> you know what? I feel like I want to go through that one more time so that uh, you can kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to try to translate it real quick. Cause if you're just listening on the radio, what he's talking about is reducing the size of government, much like we want to do here by getting rid of the department of education, by getting rid of the FBI, by getting rid of a lot of these agencies that simply have outgrown their usefulness or they've been perverted to such a way that they no longer serve their original purpose. And that's what he's going to do there. He ran on it. And it's going to be interesting to watch to see what happens. Again, the proof is in the pudding. So we're going to have to watch and see what happens there. But uh, let's go through this one more time. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to read the closed captions for those just listening. And again, he's, he's, he's got, so picture he's got a whiteboard. He's got all the departments on there. And he's ripping them off and saying, out, out, out with each and every one of them. So check it out. Ministry of Sports and Tourism, out. Ministry of Culture, out. Ministry of Environment and Sustainable Development, out. Ministry of Women, Gender and Diversity, out. Ministry of Public Works, out, out. Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation, out. Ministry of Labor, Employment and Security, out. Ministry of Education, out. Indoctrination, Ministry of Transport, out. Ministry of Health, out. Ministry of Social Development, out. Se acabó el curro de la política. ¡Viva la libertad, carajo! If he does even half of that, man, it's going to completely change the face of the country. And, oh, guess what? They're actually going to have some money. Right? So what do the people think? They're ripping pesos up and throwing it in the air. 
They're ripping up pesos and throwing them in the air like confetti because the money, the currency there is worthless. It's worthless. I mean, it's like uh, like four pesos for one cent. One cent. A loaf of bread's pretty expensive down there. Some wheelbarrows full of uh, worthless money to go get your groceries. And then, of course, the black market has emerged, which is where most conduct is done. Um, and here's another one, uh, aerial view. Celebrating Vamos! in the streets of Argentina. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Have we got a Bitcoin president with a beautiful orange Bitcoin sunset? That's what we need here. That's what we need here. And then uh, reminiscent of what happened when the when Trump won the White House here in 2016, their leftists also had a little bit of a meltdown and a hard time coping. Político, social y económico de la Argentina es responsabilidad del nuevo presidente, del presidente electo, y esperamos que así lo haga. Le hemos además planteado al presidente electo y al presidente de la nación la responsabilidad de mañana mismo poner en marcha mecanismos de enlace y So they have now a freedom down there like they haven't in some time. Hopefully this guy will follow through on what he's going to do. I'm going to be watching it. It should be interesting to see it unfold. And this is be uh, that we need to get Trump in next year, man. You see this happening not just in Argentina, but you see it happening in Spain. What's going on there? The massive, massive protests against their socialist government. Finland, Sweden, all these countries are starting to to turn around because they, they've finally had enough. They understand now what socialism and communism brings, which is lowering everybody to the lowest common denominator in the entire country. It's not about lifting people up. It's not about helping people. It's about enslaving people. It's about making him a slave to the government. It sounds good. It sounds good in theory. Oh, we're going to have universal health care, universal education. It's all going to be free. It doesn't work. It's failed every time it's been tried. Every time. But, uh, you know, you have new generations coming up all the time. And if they can control the education, and again, like I'm saying, the young kids, they don't know what they don't know. And it's our job to help them. You know, those that are willing to be open-minded, those that are willing to listen, and also to raise our children with with the knowledge, at least, of the history of this country, the knowledge of the political systems that have been tried and failed. So they don't fall into the same traps. So they don't fall into the same traps. So uh, Representative Goldman, he came out, and this is what they do. Now, you, ex- you expect this sort of thing from, from politicians, right? And especially on the left. But this guy is talking about eliminating Trump. And he was on with Jen Psaki. And he comes out 
and talks about, oh, we can never allow Trump to be in office again. Look what happened on January 6th. I'm going to show you some of the January 6th footage here in a minute. This is what uh, this is what Goldman had to say. Uh, again, it was an interview with Jen Psaki on the Jen Psaki show, and uh, check it out, and we'll talk. Every time he talks, he's uh, putting himself into a bigger criminal hole. Uh, but the, but his, that's not his objective. His objective mm. is purely political at this point. Uh, politics don't work in a courtroom, as I think he's finding out in the mm. New York Attorney General's case in New York, a civil case, and, and that's going to continue in his criminal trials. But his rhetoric is really getting dangerous, more and more dangerous. And we saw what happened on January 6th when he uses inflammatory rhetoric now, and his recent True Social post uh, is incredibly incredibly scary for oh, anyone scary. Uh, that might be trying to op work in government. And um, it is just uh, uh, unquestionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be uh, he has to be eliminated. He has to be eliminated. He's destructive to our democracy, just like they're saying about the guy down there in Argentina. No, he's not destructive to democracy. He's destructive to the system, the democracy, the representative republic that you have perverted. And, and that's why they hate him. He's a threat. He is a threat. And you expect that sort of reaction from leftists and, and extreme commie Democrats, right? You expect them to go after, we've come to expect them to hate us to the point that they would have us eliminated. His words, not mine. I don't know what he means by that, but maybe you ought to be investigated by the Secret Service and see exactly what what did you mean by that? Right? So you again, you expect that from from guys like that but I'm seeing a lot of it now from so-called conservatives and primarily those who support Ron DeSantis. Now, I don't have a problem with you supporting Ron DeSantis. You support who you want. I, I think that he would be incredibly bad for this country. I think he would capitulate with the Democrats. I think he's had free reign in Florida that makes him look much better than he really is because he's, they, they control both houses or the House and the Senate there. He, they control the whole state, and they just rubber stamp anything that DeSantis wants to do. And that's not going to happen in Washington, D.C. That's not going to happen as president. They'll go after him. They'll go after his family. I've said it before. He's vulnerable because he's young. He has a young family. And if you don't think that the extreme commie Democrats will go after him with the same zeal and same hatred that they've gone after Donald Trump, you're just not paying attention. You're not. And so when they come out, and, and I see it from the DeSantis supporters, and look at this. Is he repeating the debunked uh, Steele dossier where this information was all? None of this is true. This is a Republican, a massive DeSantis supporter. And the only thing they can do is this is the best they can do. And they the ones that have on social media, it comes to find out they're paying them. The Riley Gaines came out and she's been tweeting about how great DeSantis is and speaking about him. She's on their payroll. She's on the campaign's payroll to be a spokesperson. 
And I think a lot of these influencers are. I think a lot of these people, he's got a huge platform. This guy, uh, Unfiltered Boss, he's got 100,000 followers on Twitter. So it's not small. No, it's not gigantic, but it's not small. He tweets this, Golden showers, hookers, attacking great Republicans, and making a total mockery of the highest office on the planet. Fuck Trump, DeSantis, 2024. Trump broke these people, man. I, I am telling you, Trump absolutely broke these people. It was, um, and not just not just ex- the extreme commie Democrats. He broke a lot of people on the right, too. The, the never-Trump Republicans. And to some extent, the only Trump Republicans, I mean, they're, they're, people are so set when they make a decision right now that it prevents them from considering any other possibility or looking at any other information that might be out there. And when you close yourself off like that, and I, I've tried to tell these people, man, they do the same thing with Vivek. Had a conversation on social over the weekend with uh, my buddy Sean Farish and, and someone who was uh, jumping on one of his threads. And uh, it was, uh, you know, a guy saying, well, I just don't trust him because of Soros. He took money from Soros, which is bullshit. It's complete and utter nonsense. And then and, and, and you, well, you try to explain to him, well, yeah, Paul Soros, who had nothing to do with his brother and who actually was a, a, an example of the American dream. Paul Soros and his wife, Daisy, were exemplary people who personified the American dream and what can be done with it. And they did it in an ethical way. And they continued to do a lot of good work through their foundation. Uh, Paul died back in 2013, but he, his wife, Daisy, and his son survived and they run the foundation now doing lots of great scholarships and doing lots of great work. They have nothing to do with George Soros, nothing. They've been estranged for decades. But you try to tell these people that, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. He took, he took a scholarship from a, someone who has the name Soros. I don't care if it wasn't George. The name Soros. So close-minded. And, and then you try to point them in a direction of, well, hey, check this out. You know, I kind of did a deep dive, and here's a full show on it. With all the receipts, if you go to my Rumble, by the way, it's episode 273. So if you want to know anything about Vivek Ramaswamy and is there a Soros connection? And if there is, what is it? Check out my episode 273. It's on rumble.com slash the men report. And the band, these people, they just, and and they hate Trump for why? Why? What did he do that was so bad? Mean tweet? The economy was great and growing. We were energy independent. There were no wars. We wouldn't, he didn't start any new wars. He pulled us out of wars. He pulled us out. He had a plan to get us out of Afghanistan that Joe Biden totally fucked up. Russia was minding their manners. China was minding their manners. Mexico was helping us take care of the border issue. He was making... The, the remain in Mexico policy. So we didn't have millions of people just flooding into this country. He was building a wall. The rest of the world respected him. They thought they laughed at him at first. Germany thought they were laughing because they laughed at him because they're dependent on Russian oil. It looks like Trump got the last laugh on that one. Germany's scrambling to come up with their own energy sources because they figured out that Russian energy isn't reliable. Another, I told you so. So what is so bad about Trump? Why do they hate him so much? 
He represents a threat to their power and the system. Meanwhile, he's down there in Texas serving food to the National Guard and Border Patrol that's down there protecting our homeland. Because Governor Abbott did a thing and had them protect them because because uh, the federal government wasn't doing it. The federal government's not doing their job. The federal government's not securing this country. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. You don't have a sovereign nation. And so this is what's so bad. Or there's this one. See Trump in the middle there? Now that's a leader, and they look happy to be around him, and he's happy and smiling. You see Joe Biden at some of those events, man, he looks like a, uh, he just looks angry and, and sad. He reminds me of that one uh, Sesame Street character, or no, a Muppet, a Muppet, close enough to Sesame Street. Um, but you know the guy I'm talking about, the old grumpy guy, just always, always grumpy and stuff. And uh, it's a huge difference, it's night and day. We're going to win next year, but it's going to take a massive effort because we need to overcome the margin of their bullshit, which is about, we need to get, we're going to have to win by 2%. We can't just try to squeak this out. And what we'd really need to have, I mean, I hope, I think there's a good chance we could win, but what I'd really love to see is a Reagan-esque type of victory where he wins 45 plus states, Donald Trump. They're, they're sure they're going to put him in prison or house arrest or whatever. I don't think any of it will stand appeal. They're going to try to keep him busy. That's their strategy. That's their election interference. And they're still doing it. It's not working. Happening in the Middle East, it really does seem to be connecting with what's happening domestically in our politics. Let's start with the bottom line here. President Biden, what is his job approval rating? We measure it now at 40% with 57% disapproving the significance. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our poll in terms of job approval. And just look at the sea change from the start of this year. Remember, early this year, Democrats coming off a strong 2022 midterm. He was almost even. Now he's 17 points underwater on this question. Significant dip there, Steve. It, it is. And you can actually, if you take a look here by party, I think it's significant for two reasons. One, independence, obviously, more than two to one disapprove. You don't want to be there as an incumbent president, but I think equally significant, no surprise, 7% of Republicans approve of Joe Biden's job performance, but three times as many Democrats, 21%, that's more than one in five, say they disapprove. You need much more unified support in your own party if you're going to have a successful re-election campaign. And we mentioned the drop in that approval rating and the connection to the Middle East, and here it is. On foreign policy, 33% approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Just in September, we asked the same question, and it was 41.53. So there you go. I mean, people have, they're done with Joe Biden. And they can try to say the economy's good. They can try that. That's what they do. Oh, the economy's doing great. 
Don't believe, you know, people, we just need to explain it better. We just need to explain it better. As Janet uh, Yellen says. The New York Times and uh, Siena College finding 59% of voters under 30 rate the economy as poor. So, you know, philosophically and sort of intellectually, you can look at a lot of these numbers and say, this man, this is a, a great economy in so many ways on a relative basis to history <laughs> and the like. But at the same time, you have poll numbers and others ass. saying that they don't feel it. Yeah, I'm aware of that. And I think it's our job to um, explain to Americans what President Biden has done to improve the economy. You don't need to explain anything to us. The American people are very much aware of what President Biden has done to the economy. We're living it. We're not living in your little bubble. We're not flying around in your private jets with your private security details, carrying the guns that you want to take away from us. We're living it when we go and buy groceries that are up 25, 30%. When we go to buy gas, it's up 40 or 50% still. When we get the heating bill for our propane or for our heating oil. Yeah, we know exactly what's going on with the economy. And we're not buying your bullshit. You can explain it. You can gaslight it all you want. It's not going to matter. We're done with Joe Biden. And we're done with the de- Democrat policies. It's time to spread the word, people. It's time to talk to people. It's time to send emails. It's time to talk to your friends. It's time to ask them, have you had enough? Ask them. Point blank. And then ask them to defend the policies. If, if they haven't had enough, then ask them what they like about Joe Biden and his policies. Because you don't have Biden supporters out there. What you have are Democrat Party loyalists. They don't like Biden. But why do they support Democrat policies? Ask them. Maybe it'll make them think. Maybe 9 out of 10 will laugh in your face, or they'll hate you forever, or they'll disown you. Who cares? Who cares? You can't go around afraid of offending people for speaking truth. Afraid of offending people for questioning why they prefer the Democrat Party to the Republican Party. Start a conversation. You might find out that they're more open to it than than you think. Because they're not all extreme commie Democrats. There are a lot of independents. There are people out there that are swayable. And there are children, kids, young adults that are out there that are swayable. You just got to talk to them. So Vake Ramaswamy says, man, you want to get the younger demographic to vote Republican, uh, you know, why don't you try talking to them? Which is what he's doing, which is why I believe that he's the future of the America First movement and can be a very strong leader in it, possibly president one day, probably not in 24. But man, can you imagine him working with Trump in a high cabinet level position where he got to have actual influence, where he got to learn the ropes from the inside, say maybe even chief of staff. Someone that's close to the president all the time. Or maybe a czar to dismantle the bureaucracy. And then in 2028, it'd be Vivek in 28. It even sounds good, right? Vivek in 28. So uh, 
Anyway, something to think about, food for thought. Let's move on and talk about the January 6th tapes a little bit. I'm going to open up with a clip from Raheem Kassam, who uh, has been talking about this ever since the day it happened, who uh, lives up there on the hill. Uh, he likes to say he could he could spit at the Capitol from, from where his condo is. But uh, let's listen to him, and then we'll show you a few of the, the footages from the J6. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. Um, the people who watch the show tend to be fairly educated and, and I know that you go out and you find these sources and you check them out. Um, but anyway, uh, Raheem Kassam, check well, out. You know, the, the January 6th was this regime's Reichstag fire. There's no other way to look at it. And they weaponized it fully. And they still continue to weaponize it, by the way, because omission, the, the inability of the mainstream media, the corporate media, to tell their audiences the truth about not just what happened that day, but the raids on people's businesses all around the country, mm. the ruining of the ruination of people's lives, uh, you know, forever, the, the end of people's lives forever. Uh, that omission is weaponization as well. They know that they are doing something by not telling people. And when you confront um, corporate news enjoyers with footage that has just come out, they, there is a NPC does not compute thing that washes over their face, and they just cannot reconcile that the media would have lied to them so seriously about this for so long, that their politicians would have lied to them so seriously about this for so long. And, you know, I, I'm sorry for those people, they're idiots, and, and they perhaps never <laughs> recover from their idiocracy, but at the same time, uh, it is incumbent upon everybody who understands really what took place that day and what took place since uh, to ram it down the throats of the, the <laughs> let's call it the January 6th kuffar, the unbelievers, right, on a day-to-day -day basis. Because, because without putting your shoulder to the wheel on issues like this, it will keep happening. They will keep trying to get away with it. It will be psyop upon psyop upon psyop. And, you know, America's been through its well, fair I'm share of those. Yeah, you've got to get them to move away from it because they will continue to do it. It's worked. They're going to continue to cheat in elections, too, because it worked. And they will continue psyops like this because it worked. Until we say no, enough is enough. We're not going to stand up with this bullshit anymore. It's a matter, I don't, I mean, and I, I agree, man, sometimes it's hard to wake these people up. I, I don't know what it's going to take for some of them. Because really, a lot of them, it's just like this. And what do you do with that? I mean, if they're just going to willingly stand on the, the conveyor and, and let themselves be thrown into the meat grinder as another brick in the wall. You know, sad, these bands like Pink Floyd who, who were just so anti-establishment and anti-government who wrote powerful songs about it, about control, by the state and by the education system have now become part of the system. It's sad, man. The people from Floyd, man, they're the most radical, extreme commie Democrats I've ever seen. And a lot of those musicians are. We saw it during COVID especially. That's when they really came out and started speaking about trusting the government and going to get your vaccine because it's a va it's a pandemic of the vaccinated and you are bad people. You should be locked up. You should be shot. You should be put in prison. Re-education camps. Have your businesses closed down. 
Have your children take it from you if you won't get them vaccinated. They believed that stuff. And the whole J6 thing is just an extension of that. That they, they owned the minds of the population during COVID. Then they stole the 2020 election. They rigged it before the fact by suppressing information and censoring freedom of speech. Colluding with big tech and social media to suppress freedom of speech. And now we're paying for it. I'm going to show this one video first. And uh, it's just it's disturbing. And I think we've all seen the video by this time of Ashley Babbitt uh, from behind in the window. And then when she's on the floor for that one angle view, this is a reverse angle and also shows the Capitol Police officers carrying at that point uh, probably her body away because her soul had already departed thanks to a armed Capitol Police officer who was not in uniform who shot her even though she was no threat even though she wasn't she wasn't a threat to anybody she was climbing a window and a guy pulled his firearm and shot her by the way they were shooting into crowds of protesters with rubber bullets, tear gas canisters, ended up tear gassing themselves, and they had to retreat, which after they'd already pissed off everybody, that's what allowed a lot of them to get so close to the Capitol. But uh, Ashley Babbitt died on that day. In the front, unarmed, and they shot her. What is wrong with these people? You don't think that the the police or the military will fire on their own citizens if they're told to? Without a hesitation. And especially now that they're calling out those, the undesirables and replacing them, creating, remaking the military. They're not destroying the military. They're they're rebuilding it in the way they want. A little difference there. Show a few more clips here, and then we'll we'll bust out of here for the day. How about that? So here's here they are being let into the Capitol. You can see the Capitol police officers there in their little blue hats, and they're just standing there. Letting these people file in. These are the videos that the J6 committee didn't want you to see. 
The people who should be in prison right now are those on the J6 committee. There was no reason for this to happen. Donald Trump requested more officers. Nancy Pelosi said no. Nancy Pelosi wanted this to happen. That's my opinion. I don't think you understand the depths of depravity and the lengths that these people will go to to maintain their grip on power. Because most of these people, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, they got all the money they're ever going to want or ever going to need. They might want more, but they're, they're not hurting for money. So when money is no longer a motivator, then what is the motivator? Well, power oftentimes. Another clip. And again, they're uh, patting, uh, patting the officer on the shoulder. They're fist bumping. They're saying hi. Look at these. Look at that. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. But fires have been started. Federal agents sent to restore order. The summer of love of 2020. Poured petrol on disorder. What was a largely peaceful protest has escalated into violence. Largely peaceful protest. The battle line is here outside the federal courthouse. Protesters unable to pull down the new fence throw fireworks over. Tear gas is fired back. Many here are prepared for this. But as federal agents emerge in their dozens, those in gas masks run too. Rubber bullets fired into the darkness. It's quite frightening. No matter how horrific. This explosion of raw passion seeming to come from a place far deeper, a primal scream from a country that may just be fed up. And that stuff's all good. From a country that may just be fed up. Fed up with what? And you know, even if George Floyd, he overdosed, there's no doubt about it. And he was a thug, a criminal. Now, whether the police went beyond the point that they should have or not, I, I suppose that's debatable. But it's certainly, certainly not worth burning down an entire country. And then they just let them do it. Remember, too, this was during COVID. There weren't supposed to be large gatherings. The rest businesses were getting shut down. People were being arrested for gathering, for not wearing a mask, for not getting vaccinated. They were losing their jobs. And uh, and these people just went around large gatherings, no mass, burning down buildings, looting stores. And J6 was a violent insurrection. That's what they would have you believe. I got one more clip and we're going to wrap it up. Check it out. Now, this one's interesting. And let me preface it here a little bit. So what you have here is you have two Capitol Police officers leading somebody down the hall that's in handcuffs. And then they stop for whatever reason and take his handcuffs off, fist bump him, 
and let him go on his way. So the question is, was, you know, was this guy an undercover fed who let them know, hey, I'm, I'm a fed, and then they took him to someplace where they thought they were, they were out of sight and let him go? There's another clip of, a, of an officer walking through in a red MAGA hat, a hoodie, and his face covered with a scarf. As he walks by the Capitol Police, he flashes his badge. So there were federal officers embedded throughout that crowd. And they just let it happen. Anyway, check it out. Fist bump. All right, man. Yep, go on your way. Continue your instruction, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Our lives were threatened, man. We're... AOC and Nancy Pelosi. We thought they were going to, I thought I was going to die. Give me a break. Give me a break. The, the first thing that needs to happen when Donald Trump is sworn into office is a pardon for, first of all, all nonviolent J6ers that are in, currently incarcerated. A suspension of all investigations into, because they're still looking for people. They still grabbed that guy up there in Virginia or whatever it was with a massive full SWAT team. They couldn't find him. He took off. Gave himself up a couple of days later at the local police office or sheriff's office. They're still looking for people. Well, our border is wide open. <laughs> They're still hunting down J6 people who are at the Capitol. So the first thing that needs to happen is they all need to be pardoned. Um, there's no doubt about it. And it uh, and, and then take a look at the case-by-case basis on the, the ones that are left. And also look at sentencing guidelines. You know, maybe... Maybe some of these people, man, you know what? This guy's been in prison for four years at this point. That's enough. You're you're pardoned. Time served. But review each and every one of those cases because the the massive bulk of them are complete and utter bullshit. It's retribution. They're going after a political appointment and they're making an example to try to stop people from doing it again. That's all it is. That's all it is, folks. So uh, anyway, hey. I want to thank you for watching. If you've just been, again, if you've just been um, listening on the radio, I threw up a lot of stuff today that really requires you to take a look at it if you want to know what was going on because there was closed captioning. It was, you know, foreign language and um, the captions were there. So you'd have to watch the video. You can watch that at rumble.com slash the nun report. I hope you do while you're there. Please follow my channel, man. And when you watch the videos underneath the, the video, there's a little thumbs up. Please give it a thumbs up, all right? That helps the algorithms. It helps the videos get more exposure. And I really, really appreciate it. So if you could go on to rumble.com slash the nun report, follow my channel. And if you watch a video, which I hope you do, that's why you're going there, give it a little thumbs up. I'd be really happy with that. Um, I'm on all the socials at the nun report, except for TikToks. I don't do that commie BS. And also on Twitter, because there I didn't get the, on Twitter, I'm just at Nun Report. My website is thenunreport.com. You can click into everything from that one place, thenunreport.com. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. Cheers.